It's such a pleasure to have Alice Searby on the Globe Screen podcast. Alice is an accomplished casting director based in the UK and has been the casting director on such films like Last Christmas, directed by Paul Feig, starring Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, and Emma Thompson. The 2019 biopic, Judy, starring Renee Zellweger, who portrayed Judy Garland. Welcome, Alice. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And I guess, take us back to the beginning of your career. How did you first get into this business? Oh, well, that's a really, um, I, I actually, I was at sort of that place in life where you're making lots of terrible decisions, <laughs> um, you know, in my early 20s, doing all the wrong things. And um, I lived with a um, student and an actor, both two of my sort of best mates who still are. It was a really fun sort of party flat. But my friend, the actor, she was in, um, she just left Lambda and she was, auditioning and had plays in the West End and um, and she kind of introduced me to the world of casting. I didn't really know what a casting director was really, but she would come back and talk about her auditions and her day. Um, and I always found it really fascinating. And um, and we were watching, we'd watched lots of films, but I remember we were watching a film one day and I always, for me, the fascination was always with the people, um, with the actors in the film. I would always remember them and that was my, sort of main point of connection, you know, cinematically. I really loved um, seeing who was who and how all of that worked. And I, one day when I was a bit of an impasse in life, she just said to me, this is what you should do. Um, but, you know, I hadn't been to film school, I had no training. I was very uh, sort of sure that it would never work out. But um, did you grow up? Did you grow up sort of loving movies and cinema? Um, I did. I did. I, I mean, I really did. Not not in a sort of, um, in a kind of super passionate way in the fact, and, you know, I didn't go to film school or anything, but I did, you know, I absolutely love films and movies. We'd watched a lot of them. Um, and especially living in that sort of flat, that's what we spent our time doing. Um, so it's, it's, um, it became sort of clearer to me that this is kind of the path I wanted to take. And, um, so I wrote a terrible letter to about eight casting directors <laughs> saying I have no experience at all. Um, and um, one of them, Fiona Weir, called me and said, great, come in, you know. And I met her and that was that really. She's been, she was my mentor for, you know, the last 16, however many years I've been doing this, lost track. That's amazing. And what, what kind of projects had she worked on? Well, at that point, she'd worked on a few really beautiful projects that I really um, admired, like a film called Enduring Love, and um, she'd also worked on Love Actually with Mary Selway, and um, so she'd done a few really beautifully cast films. Um, so actually, I was so delighted, obviously, when she when she called me, um, as um, I loved her taste, you know. I love that, that you just sort of wrote a cold letter to uh, different casting directors. I think that's so inspiring. And yeah. <laughs> I found it the other day. It really is a shocking letter. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think you have to make bold moves like that to sort of get your foot in the door into this business, especially if you don't know anybody, because I've done things like that 
as well. And, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of success when I've, I guess, researched who that person is and then kind of tailored the letter to that person. I don't know, is that something that you did for each casting director? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I made it really personal. I made it really personal. Um, and that's so important because if it was just a generic form letter like they always got like dear casting director or so and so you know that you could tell it's just like copy and paste sort of thing I'm sure it wouldn't have been as successful as that personalized sort of letter no it's true it does I mean when people write to me it does make a big difference um, that's for sure but, and, um, yeah, and you, that's, how it that's that's awesome and and it seems that you got your start, I guess, as a, a casting associate assistant on, on some pretty prominent features like the Golden Compass, Invictus, and J. Edgar, and Education. Was this, and as well as the film Brooklyn, was this as a result of that letter, really? Like, did that lead to those things? Well, I happened to, so I, when I started working with Fiona, she was also sharing an office with another amazing casting director called Lucy Bevan. And the two of them, we're just kind of starting out because they'd both been a casting director called Mary Selway's assistant and she really sadly passed away and they sort of stepped up and stepped into her shoes and it, so it was a bit of a baptism of fire for everybody to be honest. Um, I was kind of the assistant in the middle of these two casting directors who were doing different projects and I think they did the Golden Compass together but other than that they worked separately. Um, so it was a really crazy time to be honest. Um, and yeah, we were all just sort of thrown in at the deep end and on these on these projects. And obviously, I, th I remember um, one of them saying to me, you know, we don't have time to teach you anything. You just got to keep your eyes open, and your ears open <laughs> and, um, and you'll learn. And I was like, OK, so that's what I did. Um, but um, yeah, they, they worked on some really wonderful. I mean, I was so lucky, you know, to have that as a start, because I think I think Harry Potter was one of the first films I did and um, I did a couple of films with Lucy before that um, like The Last Legion and to Cameron and um, and then it's the sort of progressed as they progressed with, in their careers you know um, I just sort of followed in their wake and um, so yeah it was really really exciting I mean this was back in the time when um, before email we didn't have <laughs> we didn't I didn't have a laptop you know so everything was done. I would spend my days by the fax machine, faxing sort of scenes um, to agents and um, kind of tape, you know, cameras were all on these little tape, mini tapes, you know? So I'd be there in front of the TV editing, rewinding, scribbling tapes. I mean, such a different time until then the internet came in and they were sharing kind of dial up, so. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was um, it was quite mad and very very fun. It sounds like it was a real sink or swim sort of situation that they threw you into. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit. It was um, there were tears. It was laughter. <laughs> and and I guess you know for people that aren't as familiar, could you I guess describe some of the roles of a casting director and and I guess some of the roles that you were first put into specifically like what did what did your days look like. Um, well, when I first started out, you know, as an assistant, you're really there to, to kind of, it, you know, you're kind of like, a, you know, you're making a tea, you're 
you're you're looking after actors so for auditions and things it's really important um that you can make an actor feel really comfortable before their audition chat to them you know you'd bring them in and out obviously you sort of don't read in with actors for a while you kind of learn the skill of that um but you know you do all of the editing and the recording and um but you know it was a lot of message you know taking messages on the phones all the phones would be ringing all the time and um kind of you know you're you you learn from the bottom you know so but then it would kind of vary from me spending hours trying to get fedex to come and pick up a box of videos to um to going to carriages and doing meetings with a wonderful you know dino de Laurentiis and um and introducing him to lots of wonderful actors and doing auditions so it kind of went from really glamorous to sort of <laughs> really not um it's you know it's hard work going to the pick up dry cleaning picking up everyone's lunch you know um industry sort of standard um but um but a casting director's day it really varies on where you are on the film because it's such a different such a lengthy process you know the beginning of um the process is very different to the end you know you're trying to attach actors and um normally you have to get actors who are financeable so it's this um lots of sort of creative brainstorming and um hoping an actor will connect with the script and and then they go and get their financing and then you, you know you come back and you'll fully go 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 and then obviously you have all the other parts so you're collaborating with the director and producer and um dealing with dates and then the, the end bit and doing lots and lots of auditions and so very busy in the middle and then towards the end you're really doing deals um and sort of a lot of negotiating and you know the nuts and bolts really nice it seems that uh between 2006 and 2010 you would cast several short films as a casting director before transitioning to such features as 28k and dimensions could you share with us how the process of a casting a short differs from a feature if there is any difference well i guess a short's like a really great foot in the door you know it's the first kind of experience you have um and i think it's really important to do a few shorts first before you do a feature because it's a little bit more contained, it's not so overwhelming, um, but you get a sense of the weight of the responsibility because being even an associate is different, you know, to being the casting director, it's just a different sort of responsibility. So um, shorts are great because they sort of give you a better understanding of, um, and, and put you in control and you're, you have no, you know, you're, it's, it's your ideas and um, it's your first foray into, you know, working with a director or a producer, understanding what they want. It just teaches you really. It's a great kind of learning curve. Um, but, you know, to be honest, they can be just as um, full on and stressful. Um, it's sort of surprising, but you're always working to a fairly tight budget and, you know, it's, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're always um, quite full on, surprisingly full on. Um, but I guess a feature, you have a little more time, you know, and obviously there are a lot more parts. It's, um, so it's a slightly different sort of process. I mean, I've been in those situations where 
I've been in the room where actors are coming in and I'm uh, directed a number of shorts and uh, where I worked with a casting director. And so I, d I definitely have tremendous respect for all the actors that are coming in the room. It's incredible that how many actors sometimes will submit for these projects. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that will even submit for a short different times. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, gosh, um, I mean, actors just want to act, you know, they, they want to do anything and shorts are great, you know, for their kind of spotlight page for their show reels. It's just a really nice, um, piece of work for them, you know? Um, I, I, I do, I work on shorts slightly differently in that, you know, I, I try to keep it fairly contained so I don't get completely swamped. Do you know what I mean? And talk to, um, I put a breakdown out to agents and things, but I don't, I don't normally like advertise it on spotlight unless I'm really stuck. Gotcha. Um, because I think it, you can get very overwhelmed. When, when you were working on, uh, what, I guess, what were some of the casting considerations and, and challenges when you were working on 28 K and dimensions and, and how were you able to transition to the role of casting director? Um, I think, I think, you know, you, there comes a point where you just sort of feel ready. You've, you've watched, you've learned enough and really you have to sort of make your own mistakes basically and kind of learn, you know, just by, by getting on and doing it. Um, and I think it's a confidence thing. It's about when you feel confident really, um, to take something on. Um, but I mean, with 28K that's, you know, that that was a really nice project to do um they were really different dimensions because um well slightly different budgets dimensions really was on a shoestring um and that was a period piece and sort of just set in a very different world and 28k was very much a contemporary um set sort of in london kind of gritty sort of thriller um so yeah, they were totally different experiences, really. Um, but um, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I just. Um, I think by the time twenty eight k, I think it was the first one I did, and I feel I was just sort of really up for the challenge. Actually, you know, you really want to just get stuck in and have ideas. You know, if you've connected with the script, you know, and your ideas are flowing, and then you meet the director and connect with them. It's it's you know, you just want to kind of get cracking you know yeah and would, would you say is, is there any sort of big difference between casting for a sci-fi film like dimensions versus a thriller like 28k um not not really because ultimately you're always looking for the same thing you're looking for you know even though they were completely different genres and styles um so you know you're looking for a different thing but at the same time, ultimately, you're always just looking for the most truthful way to go, you know, with that, with the, with the actor. And, um, you know, some are really suited. This, the actors I had in Dimensions were from a world where you can imagine they're from a particular period, um, you know, and, and 28K, I guess it was just sort of more authentic. I went for real Londoners and and kind of regional accents and just it's just kind of a, a different flavour. But actually in terms of casting, 
they're not it's, it's never that different really because you're always going for naturalism truthful you know acting absolutely that, that makes perfect sense and, and recently you uh you cast several prominent features including judy and last christmas which by the way i just saw judy in preparation for this talk and i really loved it i i truly oh, loved it i thought it was phenomenal she's well she's extraordinary isn't she <laughs> uh you know what's incredible is that i had no idea that that was renee zellweger until about half an hour into the movie um where i'm like oh when she's talking to mickey i'm like is that renee zellweger and then i looked it looked it up and it was and it just it blew my mind because she really that's so funny well, well that's what's really special about her i think she didn't in, you know she didn't do a sort of imitation she 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 was so clever but she sort of made it her own but at the same time it was sort of it was judy it was really extraordinary i think it really was uh, she's truly phenomenal yeah. I, mean, I always knew that she was good, but after watching that movie, I'm like, wow, she's she's outstanding. Well, we, we did the read through and, you know, you do a table read where everyone kind of comes together and it's just really exciting because you've got your cast and it's the first kind of moment where you're going to hear it all read out loud. And for us, it's always terrifying, like a real nail biter. You're like, oh, gosh, who, you know, really nervous. Someone's going to miss their lines or someone's just not going to be on form and it's going to you know and land really badly um and uh, so sort of palpable excitement and i remember um Rennie kind of walked in and she's obviously just pint-sized you know very la with a huge kind of juice which was sort of half the size of her and um completely unassuming i don't think anyone really noticed that she was sort of there you know she was just absolutely delightful and um and then um, we started the read and I mean I remember every it was like an electric kind of shock you know one of those really amazing magical moments when we started and she started to do her thing and everyone just went whoa yeah, <laughs> you know? that's amazing um it was really it was really cool that is so, really cool yeah so yeah she, she was really really wonderful but um yeah I mean that was obviously a really gorgeous project to be part of I worked with Fiona on that and um, it was, um, yeah, it was really lovely. You know, Rupert Gould's director is, he's also the artistic director of the Almeida Theatre. Oh, so he, cool. He really knew his stuff when it came to actors. He did, so, yeah. And, and all those scenes in the theatre, I was really impressed by how that was directed, like the performance, because that's not, that's not easy to do actually when she's on stage and just all the reaction shots and, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of sustaining all of the, the, the tension and kind of the excitement. So it was pulled off very nicely. Yeah. He did a really lovely job. He did a really great job. Um, but it was a nice, nice process because I think he's a, you know, a theater director. Um, I think with theatre, casting is slightly different. You know, you have a, the auditions are much more, they're almost like a rehearsal. You know, you spend a lot longer with the director and you work on the scenes really thoroughly and it's a very, it's a much slower process, um, which is really nice because, you know, Rupert brought that into the auditions that we were doing. Um, because often with film auditions, they can actually be fairly, fairly quick you know especially if it's kind of you know um i mean all directors are really different but it was nice because rupert really spent time 
um, with the actors. So that was really fun. That was great. Yeah, and I, I really liked the, the dynamic between the different characters and particularly with her and Mickey. I thought it was, uh, yeah. I thought that was, yeah, it was, it was great casting. So you guys did a great job. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and I have a funny story about Renee Zellweger uh, that my brother, who's not in the business, but he sort of manages a, a luxury apartment building down in Tribeca in New York City. Um, I, I think he was bringing something to somebody's apartment that and she's a, a friend of somebody that was there and he wasn't expecting her to see as she opened the door and he was like, Oh, Hey, and she, he said she could not have been nicer that she was very genuine and really kind and, you know, for no other reason, but you know, it seemed like that's the type of person she is. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's really nice. It's really nice to see that. So I guess, how is it? I would love to unpack a little bit how, how it is collaborating with different directors on like, what's the different style of different directors as far as working with casting? Oh yeah. Well, they're all so different. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, well, as I explained about Rupert, that was obviously really nice, much slower yeah. process and really thorough. Um, other directors are, um, you know, just that, that isn't the bit that, um, that they love, you know, auditions. And so I think some find it a bit more awkward. And so it's much faster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and some don't at all actually, um, you know. Actually, one one of the I worked we worked with um, when I was an uh, assistant and sort of associate. I worked with Fiona with um, Clint Eastwood, which is obviously extraordinary and amazing. But he doesn't audition obviously anybody because I think everybody would go completely, you know, <laughs> starstruck, and um, no one would be able to audition effectively at all. So, um, I, I so, know that he's no, he's famous for just also on set, just doing one take very yeah, often. Exactly. So that's quite nerve wracking because you're putting all these actors in front of him who he's never met before. He's literally seen one, you know, one take and he's been like, yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just hope that they're, they're there on the day and they just, that's it. You know, they're like, they get their, their one take, maybe two. Um, but so, but but he yeah, is he yeah. is a great actor and so I think that that's such a, a an advantage in in terms of working with other actors when directors have come from an acting background. Oh, hundred percent. Some exactly that it does make a difference. Actually, you can sort of spin it in a different light, and, and there's an understanding there. But I think um, you know it, it is the truth is is that you know some directors just really love that part of the process and they learn a lot from it. And, um, you know, we all learn a lot from it. Every actor who comes in brings something really different. And, you know, th th it's not that um, when you audition actors, you know, that some, that you often are so, you're often spoiled for choice. It's just which way to go. And there are all these tiny nuances, you know, which affect things. So someone might be a little, you know, more removed and that might be better for the relationship with another part, you know, there are so many tiny little things that um, kind of uh, enable your choice. And um, so I think that um, we all learn quite a lot from actors, you know, when they come and read, it's really interesting to see everyone's different take on it. Um, but so I think directors, some directors really respond to that. Um, but as I said, others are just absolutely 
just it's just not they just want to power through it perhaps yeah exactly i think it's like <laughs> <laughs> less of them there's not so many of these ones right 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 but, <laughs> but there are a couple that we work with and that i work with who are you know um who that that's just not the bit they like really um but it but it is really nice when you get a responsive director who um who really can work with the actors because actually you know actors come in and they've really worked hard and they're under the skin of this character and it's just nice for them to feel you know that they've been watched and um kind of you know been given the time you know yeah that um, makes sense but um but yes so no they are they're all they they directors all come in very different forms <laughs> one thing i've always been curious about was uh I guess, how often do you come in when like certain parts have already been cast? Like let's say the leads have already been cast um, and then you're working on other supporting actors and, as well as even background actors or, or is there also times when you're involved in casting even the leads in the film? Well, yes. So most, actually kind of when we started out, to be honest, often we'd films would come to us with the lead already attached. So the producer would then have their money, their development money, you know, and um, and they'd be able to sort of say, right, we've got so-and-so, here's a script, we need you to do the rest, can you start, you know? And and that's kind of great um, because what, what happens at the moment, especially with independent film is, you know, we, more and more, we often, we're obviously the ones casting the lead, which is which is great, but it's tough because um, you know there are very few people who really mean anything financially. Uh, you'd be amazed um, at some of the discussions you have to have and of who's not bankable, you know. Yeah. And actually, it's horrible. That part is sometimes not that enjoyable. It can be quite political, and you're trying to keep really creatively, you know. Um, inspired but at the same time you have to think about all these other things um, so but but on the whole basically nowadays we cast the lead and then they get their development money and then we go into pre you know into production and then they can sort of when the film's greenlit get you going on the rest of the cast um, which is the whole of anyone who speaks basically so we don't really do we don't do background. That's a whole other area, kind of of expertise. Um, but we do everyone from the lead down to the waiter saying coffee. Um, you know, all those parts, all of them so important because, you know, you can just be popped out of the film for an instant if it's just not quite, quite right, you know? Oh yeah, I agree. I've seen that happen. Uh, before with certain films that I really like and then there's a couple of choices where I'm like wait a minute is that uh, somebody's cousin <laughs> is that the executive producer's nephew yeah. or cousin that had to be put in the film <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some poor, like, AD, second AD has been roped in because you know um, that does happen quite a lot I think um, but um, but yes yeah, so, so then you sort of do every part really and, and tend to do every part in the film um, but that, that's actually a good way. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, though, for, you know, I think that's an important way to shed light on it. every speaking role is, is something to consider. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it, I agree. Each each role is so important. 
yeah, it's um, it just makes up the whole fabric, the whole world of the film, you know. Um, and the thing is, you kind of almost don't want to, you know, it's when you it's when you really notice people in the smaller roles. It's, you know, yeah, you just want to sort of sail along with the film a bit, you know. Um, which is why I kind of, you know, I get I, I'm not really that into sort of casting where you know you suddenly have a, someone who's really well known in a, in a small part you know um a kind of you know i don't know I it could be think, distracting you think or yeah i think it can pop you out of the film a little bit and be a bit distracting um yeah. suddenly going oh there's so and so do you know what i mean although although sometimes i i, I like when i mean like for instance in uh, scorsese's goodfellas Robert De Niro was more well-known than Ray Liotta, but Ray Liotta had more of the lead role. And I mean, De Niro had definitely a substantial, substantial role, but it was more of the supporting role, even though he was top build. Like if you watch, uh, if you look at the poster, you know, he's, he's sort of the main guy, but I thought that in that particular film, that was a, you know, a good way to go. Well, that's a great way to go. Cause basically you just got all these heavyweights being amazing, you know, and <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think it's just when you have a sort of slight celebrity or someone who just sort of turns up. <laughs> oh, like a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> like cameo roles. Yeah. Well, that, that's what, um, yeah, I've never been down with that. To be honest. I know what you mean. And sometimes it's deceitful to the audience too. Cause you think like, Oh, Christopher Walken's going to be in that movie or something like that. And they're only in it for like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but then I do I also quite like if someone's gonna die, you know. Um I don't know, like in Game of Thrones when you, they just there was just you know, all the people who are like the name the big names in it just are all sort of dead, you know. And I actually think that's great because you're like, Oh my god, anyone can die in this. Anyone can cop it at any moment. Um spoiler alert, people die in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> After two minutes. Yeah. You know? um but yeah that that was quite cool yeah and i get I, i'm also curious is there is there any nuance of how casting directors work uh is there any sort of differences in how they work in the uk versus in the us or oh yeah yeah there really is huge difference um because actually we we worked when again it was about 10 years or maybe longer ago um i uh, on one of um, on Jay Edgar actually, uh, one of Clint Eastwood's uh, films. Fiona and I went out to LA to do it from there, and um, it was a yeah that was a big um, learning curve, huge change of scene for us. I think um, casting in the UK is very it, it's a it's a sort of community because you go to the theatre a lot. You know the theatre is a huge part of casting for us. You know, so that's how we we sort of find all these wonderful actors for all the other roles to fill the world of the film, you know. Um, and you go with an agent and you you kind of get looked after and then the deal is obviously, the unspoken deal is you then meet their actor and chat to them and have a drink afterwards. And it's really, really nice, you know, and or we have these general meetings and people come and have a cup of tea. And, you know, I think every casting director even in the UK is slightly different, but we, I was always, we, I kind of was taught and really like the idea of every actor kind of feeling like 
you know, not being jumbled in a room and who's next. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, so you kind of get the best from them and you can have a chat and, how, and just kind of get them to be relaxed and meet them a bit, get to know them a little bit. That's a big part of my process anyway. And, um, and I think, you know, that with the theatre and um, kind of makes it very, very different to working in LA because they don't really have the theatre and in the same way and don't use it as such a tool so it's a lot of showreels you know and so we would just be inundated with you know thousands of showreels and and also agents are different now because they're you know you have an agent and a manager whereas over here in the UK an agent is also the manager so it's kind of the business and the creative tied together whereas I think in LA it's slightly separate so um it's more of a business I guess talking to an agent sometimes over in LA. but but anyway it was a very very different process and actors would often come in and be like can I do it standing up and just launch in and I'd be like hey yeah I just really want to have a do you mind sitting down they'd be like I want to do it standing up and I'd be like yeah but I really want to have a chat with you first and they'd be like really they're not used to it um so they're not used to it exactly and we were really shocked by that um we got so many letters afterwards so many letters from all the actors being like thank you so much for like you know so it's i think it is really different <laughs> i love that though i love that there's that sort of informal aspect of it because i've personally done that i mean um i made a feature film and I, like i said i've done a number of shorts and my my personal instinct has been on callbacks and things like that for actors to be like, you know what, our callback is just, let's go have a cup of coffee and I just want to know who you are, you know, talk about things, you know, or talk about the project, like just talk essentially, instead of, you know, just do readings from the script or something, so. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, you get more out of the actor that way and, and actually just gets, gets, gives you a better sense of who they are for, for future, you know, if you're like, I don't know they're right for this part, but actually it just kind of gives you a better, sense and then you might get them back in you know for something else further down the line you know for sure it's also part of the fun you know to be honest i think so too yeah <laughs> you know and you know i that's that's my mentality i as far as uh i've ca i think of casting actors even the same i think of casting crew even the same way as i cast actors like i'll look i've looked at okay well here's the best sound designers let's narrow it down to the best 10 but I want to actually speak with these people to see not only are they talented, but is it somebody that I'm going to have a rapport with kind of, we see eye to eye on like get along with. Cause when you're making a film, it's like you're at camp, you're going to be dealing with these people. So, you know, might as well be somebody you're going to get along with. Absolutely. Yeah. Time working with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really important. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, that could get lost, sort of lost in the sauce. If somebody just takes a really, factory approach to just doing something really quickly and just kind of trying to power through it mm. um, so yeah i think that's great and i mean you guys are certainly doing something right and england is also known i don't know if this is a secret but you guys are known for having some great actors out there so i know well yeah that is our our excellent drama schools over here <laughs> yeah um i know i don't know it's um i think it's because they the you know i think it's because a lot of actors have a theater background and it's such a different way of learning you know around uh, and interpreting 
a project and learning around it, you know, the scene and collaborating. And I think, um, you know, just digging that bit deeper maybe, but I don't know, that's possibly unfair. um and also mastering accents i mean there's been so many times i've been surprised by a british actor that i'm like oh wow they're british i had no idea i thought you know they nailed the american accent perfectly yeah Yeah, that's good i think it's something that everyone's taught pretty pretty quickly you know but it opens up a whole world you know and and i think because americans are america is so receptive to the books you know which is wonderful um it's yeah it's really in every actor's best interest <laughs> to really nail that yeah i get judy it was a cool project because it sort of combined the yeah. two different worlds of you know just american characters and as well as uh british characters as well, well that, exactly but see that's a really good example of budget constraint and um because i think in you know if it was a much bigger budget in a different world you always want to cast authentically really ideally um but then obviously you have to think where you're shooting about locations and day players you know all this sort of thing so i think you know when with a project like gd you look at who is american you know in london where it's filming and who who might be there or who you know because ideally you kind of do want to fill the world with people um who you know who is where it's really truthful um but um but you know as you say we're really lucky that actually because it's been so drummed into actors here you can kind of do both you know yeah over the over the years that you've been involved in the casting have you had to address well i guess you've had to address like specific casting objectives such as you know a character transitioning from child to adult which you did which uh that was the case in judy where there was the young judy garland and then uh the the older judy garland um Mm. is that is that something that's i had imagined that that's 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 always a challenge yeah it is a challenge actually um it's it is a challenge because you're looking for so many things in somebody um, and especially we got so lucky, I think, with Darcy. It was really interesting, her audition, you know, it's one of those, it was a really lovely moment where you go, oh, you know, um, and everyone kind of lights up a little bit, you know, because um, there's a lot, there's a lot you can do in hair and makeup and things, you know, there is a lot. So again, we tend to start with, you know, who who's the best, who's got that that little like magic twinkle, we really needed a twinkle for you know you're not only trying to get judy a young judy garland who's the biggest sort of twinkler of all (laughs) and um you know and that that's a certain magic that um what gave her her whole career you know you can't make it up it's um and um so that was tricky because they also needed to sing they needed to feel from that world from that period from you know there was just so many and they need to be able to dance there were a lot of um, things we were looking for in that role. Um, but um, yeah, so I mean, it is tricky and it is often just tricky with child actors, to be honest, because um, it, there were sort of two ways of going. You either have, there were some, you know, ch- children like, like Darcy and actually like someone like Saoirse Ronan, who is just, who's just an exceptionally skilled and she has been since, you know, she was little, she just understood it. And oh yeah, um, she's great. 
yeah she's she's just extraordinary and then you have other actors who who are children who you just cast for being in that moment you know and you don't know how they're going to progress you know they just are that person and that's that's often more the way you have to go sometimes with children um and so yeah it, all, a child casting is always a bit of a challenge to be honest i think the hardest challenge i had was um trying to find a five-year-old for the light between the oceans and um that was to to play um a very it's a really traumatic part you know and and obviously children can't read at that age you know so right, right. that was a really really long pro, sort of audition process yeah that can i could only imagine um and, and i don't know uh, I'm I'm sure I, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this because I've always felt like as a director I've always felt that when I look at actors there's there's people that have the chops as far as their craft they're really strong in their craft but aside from that when when you're looking at especially in film uh, is there another quality besides acting chops that I identify, I call it as a sort of camera charisma, you know, it's, do they have this quality that you can't put your finger on it, but it's a quality that on camera that, or they, they just have the face that you sort of want to watch. And it's not necessarily somebody is attractive or not. It's just like, just some sort of quality that you just want to sort of watch them in a scene. Yeah, it's, um, it's really curious. I know. And it, it is, it, there is that, and it, it's extraordinary, really. Um, but yeah, you can have the most wonderful actor who's extraordinary on the theatre and, um, you know, you're like, wow, they're a real powerhouse, you know, but then you put them in front of a camera and it just, just doesn't work for some reason. And, um, it's, it's really, you know, inexplicable, but yeah. there is that, you know, it is a thing, you know, I think there is, there is some sort of magic people, some certain acts do just, the camera does just love them you know but i think it's it's also what they're doing you know you're right none, none of it's about looks it's about it's kind of it's you know about how you're pulled in you know yeah it's about, it's about their kind of how dexterous they are how you know as actors and i don't know it's it's a it's a it's a strange phenomenon it is but, Lots of actors ask me about this. They're like, you know, what is it, what is it you're looking for? What's that thing? And it's like, well, you know, and also every part's different. You're looking for such so many different things at different times, you know. Um, That's true. That makes sense. Yeah. I think like, like John C. Riley, he's an actor that makes me think of that camera charisma, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I, I don't know how many people would see him be like, okay, that's a, that's a leading man right there. But he definitely has a face and he's, he's, he's a great actor, number one, but but aside from that, he's got some sort of quality that you're like, oh, I want to watch that guy in the scene. You know? Yeah, totally. I know. And that's just a sort of a gravity, isn't there, to, you know, certain actors. Yeah. They just sort of, you know, can't help but put pulled in. I started calling it a camera charisma. Do they have that camera charisma? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't know what else to call it, really. Mm. Um. <laughs> How, how often do you get involved with the dialect or dialogue coaching? Is that, is that something that you get involved with? 
Um, kind of not really. I guess from quite early on, you know, when you're when you need someone to have a particular kind of accent or um, you know, it's something you think about very early on. So when I'm kind of talking to agents and things or in theatre, I or out sort of in the theatre, I'll be thinking about about that and who's capable, you know, who's who's able to do it. Um, and it's something you sort of have to flag quite early on, really. Um, and just sort of try it out in the auditions, you know, and, um, but, so that's the kind of part that we do. And then I guess with the actual sort of dialogue, dialect coaching, we just organize it so that the production, if someone, if we feel someone needs that, you know, um, that little bit of help or that confidence, or if it's really particular, which, you know, there is, there are a lot of particular accents, um, we'll make sure the actor you know, has a, gets sort of put in touch with a great dialect coach, but often that's sort of production really. Um, our job really is to make sure that they're sort of able to, in the first instance, deliver. Is there, how, how is there ever sort of, uh, I don't want to say conflict with the director, but like kind of a disagreement and like working that out or like, how, do, how does that usually? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like how does that usually play out? Well, um, I mean, there are often differing opinions. I think one of the big challenges is trying to marry up a director and a producer's kind of opinion, because sometimes I'll have different, you know, for example, a producer might want to get bums on seats in the cinema, and the director might creatively really need this from someone, you know, and so you're trying to marry up both of their kind of um you know concerns both both of their ideas really and um make sure that everyone feels sort of happy with the choice right, right. um and i think in terms of i don't think i've ever you you can sort of there's definitely been a couple of times when i've not really been that down with the director's choice and I've slightly fought back against it and you know try to offer up other alternatives um and I I'm, haven't been I'm, I'm oh I'm sorry I was just gonna say I'm sure there's been also some instances where then they've uh came to you and said oh wow you you know it, that that turned out great or something you know that maybe yeah, they didn't it, 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 it does sort of still yeah you're right it kind of happens the other way sometimes as well where you try something out, you know, which isn't necessarily what they thought they wanted. And actually they, it surprises them, you know, and, um, you know, they think, Oh, actually this is really exciting. This is a really exciting, interesting way to go. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a real fine, fine tuning kind of balancing act between, you know, obviously you really, you're, you're listening and working and you're understanding the director's taste and completely trying to, you know, get an actor, get, get all the pieces together um, that sort of work for him, you know, but at the same time, you know, you have your taste and sort of it's so that you're marrying up the both, but then they kind of come to you, I guess, knowing, sort of knowing your style and hopefully trusting you and it's a collaborative relationship. So there's sort of give and take on both parts, you know, um, but, but again, like it depends on the director. Some directors really just absolutely don't, they're just, over to you kind of thing um and other directors have very strong kind of ideas you know um 
so yes you're kind of walking the tightrope between the two that makes sense and i guess uh, among your peers are there are there other casting directors that whose work that you really like and admire oh yeah loads um <laughs> there are lots i love shaheen Beg's work um she always she works on a lot of um beautiful kind of indie films um and i think she always casts them impeccably well um and carlene crawford she's she's just doing phenomenally well as well um and judy harkin who did i may destroy you um everything that she casts you know there are just certain casting directors where we were like oh i know this is going to be <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, and then obviously there's Gina J and some of the sort of um, uh, kind of really established casting directors. You know, Gina J was someone I sort of worked with a little bit as well um, from time to time occasionally. She's also um, amazing. And obviously Fiona, who, um, who I work with. Sure. Um, and um, so, no, I mean, there's, there are a lot of amazing casting directors, actually, yeah. Yeah. And the same, same about directors. What, what directors just in general do you admire as far as, okay, they have a great sense of, I mean, maybe, maybe just some that your films that you really admire. Um, gosh, well, that's, um, that's a really, uh, I mean, there are so many amazing directors who, where to start really. Um, uh that's <laughs> really tricky. I'd love sure. to work with Stephen Queen, for example. That would be great. Yeah, Barry he's great. Um, you know, I love everything Barry Jenkins does as well. That that would be a dream come true. Um, I think he does just such beautiful films. But then, you know, there were so many amazing female directors, Catherine Bigelow. Um, oh, she's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, working with someone like, you know, Andrea Arnold would be really interesting because I love the way she, um, I love the way she kind of approaches film and it's a bit how, like how Sarah Gavron, who's also wonderful, did with Rocks, you know, just very There's much a... working, kind of, um, finding people, you know, new people, new faces, which is so exciting. Um, it's just so nice not to get stuck in a rut, you know, because I think, I think, you know, you can... They both, Andrea Arnold, as well as Steve McQueen, have both worked with Michael Fassbender before. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, kind of early on, I feel like, as well, in sort yeah. of his career. Um, uh, but, um, I mean, in fact, there are a lot of amazing Mexican directors. <laughs> um, I love... Um, one of my favorite films is E2 Mama Tambien. And, um, I was just on a set where people were talking about that movie. Literally, yeah. just I was in LA last week, and uh, just a couple of days ago, somebody was talking about that movie. Oh, I love I love this movie. I love that movie. Uh, that was Alfonso Cuarón that did that, right? Yeah, so you yeah. know, wouldn't mind working with him either. You know, <laughs> yeah. <out> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it would be really fun if you were working with like a Scorsese or someone because I imagine you just get the a you have a bit of a budget b you get the actors like just flocking to sort of you know to you, work you, you don't have to twist their arm to be in <laughs> yeah, exactly. like that beg them please <laughs> um, so you know there's yeah there's a lot of and there was amazing upcoming directors as well so yeah but i, th I think that's really 
that's when somebody's truly made it as a director when actors will like very famous actors will cut their rates to to want to work with that director yeah exactly exactly um so that would be fun and what are you working on next what are you currently casting um i'm actually in the middle of casting a film which is my weirdly the same name as me it's called alice darling and um, <laughs> and um mary nye he's wonderful is directing it um and um babe nation it's a canadian kind of co-pro um with uh, babe nation and sam tip hales producing it and it's um shooting about three weeks um out in canada so we managed to get through all of the quarantine covid <laughs> nightmares um and it's really exciting it's got anna kendrick in and it's sort of about a coercive relationship um and it's beautiful subtle subtle piece of work congrats that sounds really exciting so yeah it is it's um it's been it's been a really nice project to work on so i'm excited that they're about to shoot um the phones will suddenly go quiet <laughs> it's always a strange time when everyone disappears yeah. <laughs> um and then i have a lot of other films because you never quite know which ones are gonna you know with casting you you tend to work on a few things at the same time um because they all kind of have different stages and you know so i've got i've got a lot of other projects as well that i'm kind of working on Nice. Um, Staying busy. Yeah. Uh, and I, what what sort of advice would you give to anybody seeking a career in casting? Um, well, I think I think you've got to love the theatre. I think that's my main piece of advice. You've got to, if you don't love the theatre, it's not. It's probably not for you. Um, and I think you just got to be prepared to work to work up. You know to um put the hard graft in and um or to pay your dues yeah it's the only way to work the reason why i sort of say that actually is is more because it's it's the only way you learn it, it's a difficult job to understand before you start it's not it's really um it, you know so i think i think it's yeah that's probably my main and and also yeah and you need to know your style and your taste really do you want to work in the theater do you want to work in t you know it's a tv film it's kind of having a an idea of your you know your taste in actors you know and obviously that grows as you you know perfect your craft <laughs> yeah is there any sort of advice that you would give younger filmmakers or directors that are that would want to level up or like just think more about casting when they're working on projects aside um, from working with a great casting director i think i think i think people get nervous about people you know because obviously at the beginning of a film there isn't a lot of money around and people would sort of try and do it themselves and actually you know i guess there is a reason why you get a casting director you know it's just it does give you a whole world of you know of actors who and, and it makes your life a lot easier basically i guess um that's kind of what we're here for to sort of you know we're ultimately we're here to support and enable the director to sort of achieve his vision really um that's kind of what we're doing what we hope to do 
Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's no, that's great advice. Alice, we really, really appreciate you being on the Globe Screen podcast. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. <laughs>